Let us pray. Father in heaven, you have come to be our king in the person and work of Jesus Christ. We gather together as your subjects, as your children, to hear your word. Bless, we pray, our faith that we may trust in you every day and every moment of our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we have been talking about how Jesus enjoyed being with people and he was a friend to tax collectors and sinners. That's what he was known for. He hung out with people. He valued people. He listened to people. And he talked to people. And if we continue to look to Jesus and learn from him as to how we should engage people, we see that Jesus, when he was with the people, he talked a lot about the kingdom of God. A lot about the kingdom of God. Jesus mentions the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. They're used interchangeably over a hundred times in the Gospels, more than any other topic. Why is that? Because that's what Jesus is all about. He's really all about the kingdom of God. That is his mission. A matter of fact, Jesus himself tells us that is of first importance. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. So as we talk about how how can we be good witnesses in our everyday lives? How can, how can we be on mission with Jesus in our neighborhoods and in our circle of friends? How can we recognize what Jesus is doing in the lives of the people who are in close proximity to us? We need to understand something about how the kingdom of God works. Because the kingdom of God is simply put, God's redemptive presence in the lives of people. His rule and his reign in the lives of people. So what I want to do for you today is to help you understand this incredible good news. This mission that Jesus is on to restore the kingdom of God in the lives of people. And we're part of that. The kingdom of God is the redemptive presence and activity of God in the lives of people, and it has come into the world to work out the mission of God, which is redeeming and restoring of people's lives into the kingdom of God. So Jesus is at work through the church, through the people of God. God's love is made tangible to other human beings through the body of Christ, his church. And Jesus wants us to reorient, reorientate the way we are thinking so we can start seeing things that he is up to in our lives and in the lives of others. So at the beginning of his ministry, right off the top, the beginning of his ministry in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, it says... After John was put in prison, Jesus went to Galilee. 
proclaiming the good news. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So all that waiting for God's promise to renew all things that we read about in the Old Testament, that's all done with now. The time has come. God has come to the earth in the person of Jesus to start to renew and restore that which was lost at the fall. He is all about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God or heaven is all about where God dwells. In the Old Testament, that was reserved for the Garden of Eden before the fall. Remember, they walked in the cool of the garden with Adam and Eve. And then in Psalm 103, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. We think of it up there. That was part of the Old Testament way of thinking of things. Life above the sun, we're living life under the sun. Remember Ecclesiastes? In the Old Testament, God also was said to dwell in the temple, particularly in the Holy of Holies. And it was decorated like the Garden of Eden. But sinful man was not allowed in there, only the priest once a year. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, everything was cursed, and, and we got kicked out of the presence of God, separated from God. Jesus comes, and he announces, all that's changed, because in Jesus, God has made his dwelling among us. Right? John, 4, John 1, 14. And the word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. He has come down. God has come down. And it is evidenced in all the miracles that Jesus performed. Think about them. Times have changed. All those demon possessions expelled. All those hurting and sick and broken people cured. Some raised back to life from the dead. God is restoring his rule and reign. This is incredibly good news for us. Now, it won't be fully restored until the end when sin, death, and the power of the devil are done away with for good, but Jesus is bringing his rule and his reign, his presence, his spirit to the lives of those who would believe in him. This is incredibly good news, and we get to believe it. The rule and reign of God in the Old Testament, eh, not so good news, because it was a little bit terrifying. Think of Think of Mount Sinai. It's a little scary. But that's all changed because of Jesus Christ. He takes away the barrier between us and God. He, he takes away our sins. And because our sins have been forgiven, there's no judgment that stands over us. 
And so the rule and reign of God is great news. Colossians 1 verse 13. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So the gospel of Mark starts with the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then it continues. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. God's kingdom and his presence was far away and frightening. But now in Jesus Christ, because of what he's done, that's all changed. We could not get to God. God has come to be with us. And how are we to respond? Well, Jesus tells us how to respond right there. Repent and believe the good news. Now, repent does not just mean I'm sorry for a few bad things I've done. It certainly includes the idea of stop doing naughty things, but it's way bigger than that. Repent means to change the direction of your life. Change your mind. Change how you think about things. No more let sin reign in your, your bodies. Jesus is now in charge. God is reigning. Seek his kingdom first. Make what he is up to the most important thing in your life. Because what he is doing, he is saving you. Quit living life as if there is no God and start living every moment of every day under the goodness and grace and reign of a loving Heavenly Father. Start reinterpreting everything that you see with that reality. And he says, believe the good news. And because we don't know fully what that means, a few verses later, he says to the disciples, well, come follow me and I'll show you. And so they believed what Jesus said and they followed him. And he's going to teach them all about this incredibly good news that we are to rejoice in and celebrate what it means to be part of the kingdom of God and he taught the disciples and he teaches us this is how it's described in Matthew and Mark Jesus is baptized and then he's tempted in the wilderness and then he begins his public ministry with this inaugural speech the time has come the kingdom of heaven is at hand repent and believe the good news in the gospel of Luke Luke adds that after he was tempted, Jesus returns to his hometown. He goes to the synagogue, as was his custom, and he's given the honor of reading the scroll of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. He finds this prophecy of God. It's our Isaiah chapter 61. That prophecy had been read to the people of God for 700 years. Someday, 
It said, here's what God is going to do. Someday, you can count on this happening. Someday, things are going to be really, really good. And won't that be the day? And so Jesus reads, and it's recorded for us in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He takes the scroll and he reads from the prophet Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's time. Things are changing. The early church understood this. That's why history is divided into B.C. and A.D. That's not just random, because people back then believed things have really changed. Before Christ, B.C. and A.D., Anno Domino, Latin for during the reign of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No more waiting no more prophesying, it's time. The kingdom of God has come. God is making good on all of his promises, the restoration of all things. Get your mind around that. Believe the good news and come follow me. That's what Jesus is saying. We've got something to do. There were some who didn't believe him, and they didn't like all the talk about the kingdom of God. It threatened them, and they started to plot against him. But there were others. There were others that said, I believe him. And they followed. Now, Jesus loved all of them. He loved every one of them, all. But it was that small group that followed him that believed in him, and they, I will tell you this, are part of the reason that you and I are here today. That little small group that followed him. Part of the reason that you and I are here in this place today. Because they said, let's go with him. And it all culminated in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And sometimes we forget that God not only saved us from something, sin, death, and the power of the devil, but he saved us for something, to free us up. Free us up for coming with him on his mission. Being a way by which the love of God, the truth of God, the way of God, the peace, the kindness, the grace of God is experienced in the lives of the people that are in our reach. We get to join him.
We get to listen to him and we get to learn from him. We get to be part of the good news campaign. Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So what is Jesus up to today? Well, we know the big answer, redeeming and restoring all things unto himself. But what's Jesus up to in this moment? I don't know, but I'm sure going to pay attention, understanding that it's time. God is up to something, and I'm going to be looking for it in my life. And so we're learning to listen to people, and we're learning to ask people questions to learn more about where they are at in their journey to believe, to repent and believe. God might be up to something in their lives. And then we get to take a little bit of the abundance of grace that Jesus has given us and offer it to them and wait and see what Jesus is going to do with it. Let me ask you, how many of you have ever had Jesus sit you down and tell you what your whole day is going to look like? Anyone ever have that happen? You know, Jesus told you minute by minute, hour by hour, how the day was going to go. Of course he didn't. He didn't tell you what yesterday would be like. He didn't tell you what to expect on Monday. I know that if Jesus did that for me, if he told me that this is how it's going to go, here is what I would do. I'd say, thank you, God. Let me take care of it from here, and off I would go. And then I would proceed to make a mess of it. When we are followers of Jesus, we follow he doesn't lay it all out for us. All we know is what's going on in this moment. And all we really need to know is say, okay, Jesus, I see what you're doing in my life or in the lives of the people you have placed in my life. I'm, I'm starting to see that. I'm seeking the kingdom of God, and I see it active in a small way. Now, what's the next right thing for me to do? How shall I respond to what you are doing in my life or in the lives of others? What's the next right thing you want me to do? How can I bring a little bit of grace, the good news, to this situation? And we're not responsible for the results. We've been learning that a lot in our witnessing workshop. Think about it. Jesus came proclaiming the good news. He is the good news. The world needs some good news. Now, just like it did in Mark chapter 1, and Jesus is that good news. One last point. 
We've been talking about witnessing and sharing the good news, and over the summer we heard a lot of parables about the kingdom of God. Which one comes to your mind when we're talking about witnessing? Which parable of Jesus comes to mind when we are talking about witnessing? The man with the demon, okay, pretty good. But the parable, a parable, a teaching. Help me out here. Thank you, very good. Sower of the seeds. Now, okay. Matthew 13, 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is the seed sown along the path. And right after that parable, Jesus explains another parable, Matthew 13, verse 24. Jesus told them about another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Here is my point. These parables are about sowing seeds. Witnessing is like sowing a seed. A conversation you have with someone about Jesus is like planting a seed. So you who receive the love, the joy, the peace of God, give that grace of God to someone. You plant a seed and then you wait and watch and pray in expectant joy for what God might be doing with that seed of his grace that you sowed in love for that person. Wait patiently, watch, and pray. Remember, one of the fruit of the spirits, which you apparently have, is patience. Use it. One of the most frequently used phrases in the Bible is, do not fear. We all know that. The other is, wait on the Lord. So, sow your good news, sow your seed, do it regularly, and wait and watch what God is doing and going to do with that. Amen.